0: that's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: Blob Talk Radio.
1: Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to Empowering You and Your Children's Blog Talk Radio Show, and I am your host, Tanya clark Mirinelli, creator of InvestInYourselfCourse.com and EmpoweringKidsProgram.com. And welcome to today's show. Now, before I introduce and read Mr. Wave's bio, I'm gonna, I have a few announcements. I have a few amazing announcements, actually. Uh, so, first of all, we have an amazing radio show, or not radio show. This is an amazing radio show. What am I talking about? <laughs> what I mean is we have a really powerful workshop coming up in January, January 7th, 2017. We have five amazing speakers that are going to guide you in each area of life that we all live in. And in my practice, we focus on dividing your entire life up into eight different areas. And all five of these speakers, and including me, we're going to walk you through each area of your life and then invite you and support you in creating goals and action steps in receiving everything that you guys want to experience in 2017. Now, Mr. Way is going to hop on in probably two minutes, which is amazing because it will give me time for one more huge announcement. Now... Um, Registration for the Empowering Kids Alternative Learning Center and Montessori and Forest School is happening mid-January, all right? So a more definite date to come. This is happening mid-January. So if you have a child pre-decay and you are just waiting to get into a full-time forest school program uh, or you're waiting for a Montessori program in your area, this is the school for you. So now without further ado, before I go ahead and introduce Mr. Mr. Way, I'm going to read his bio. I'm going like, to just give you all the details about, about Way. So he's an award-winning money anxiety breakthrough coach, trainer, author, and speaker. Way is a founding member of the Six Figure Academy, He has spoken to and inspired thousands of entrepreneurs to break through their internal mental and emotional blocks so that they can create a lifestyle of prosperity and abundance without burning out. I don't know about you guys, but I'm signing up. Through his own personal journey in entrepreneurship of what seemed like never ending peaks and valleys of successes and failures. He has spent the better part of the last two decades refining his system through a combination of neurolinguistics, linguistics energetics, and mental and emotional release therapy as both a trainer and practitioner in all those areas. Too bad he's not here. He would be perfect for the workshop. From startups to, to uh, celebrities, other coaches and consultants, and techno- and technology, sorry, I'm stumbling over my words, thought leaders, Wei has helped thousands of conscious entrepreneurs make an impact with their businesses to hit six, seven, and eight-figure results. Amazing. Having over 20 years of experience in speaking to groups around the world, he's run seminars in areas of personal and business development, such as The Art of Selling Without Selling. That's really key. Speaking with Purpose and Intent, Motivation 3.0, The Trap of Personal Empowerment, From Money Anxiety to Six-Figure Mastery, and Fast-Track Revenue. So Wade believes that entrepreneurs are the problem solvers of the world and has now made it his life mission to empower as many entrepreneurs as possible so that they can be instrumental in shaping the world that we live in for the better. Love it, and I totally resonate. Hey, Wei, how are you doing?
0: Good morning. How are you?
1: <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad, I'm glad things worked out.
0: Yeah, I had a little bit of technical difficulty earlier. I was in the middle of conversation with you before we got started. <laughs> I said, hello? <laughs> I know.
1: I know. There was, I had a couple of uh, just touch base questions, but I mean, we can just do that on the show anyways.
0: Yeah, I think we'll be fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, so I know that it's 7 a.m. over there, and it's quite huh. early for you, but how are you feeling?
0: <laughs> I'm feeling great. I'm usually actually up around 6 and doing my uh, early morning protocol, so to speak. So it's, um, it's early, and yeah, that's fine, because you know where I live, it's good to be up early so you can catch the uh, the beauty of the morning, actually
1: you're absolutely right okay. so I've, you're, you're near Laguna Beach right
0: um, I'm about about uh, an hour or so north of Laguna Beach I'm actually in Redondo Beach so um, okay. and where I am I can see the ocean as soon as I wake up so that's kind of uh, uh, incentive for me to make sure that I catch as much of the day as possible every day
1: beautiful I was, yeah. I'm, I'm asking because I've been to Laguna Beach twice so far this year, and what I've noticed mm-hmm. is that everybody's up early, out on the streets on the beach early. <laughs> I think I was I was going I was walking down one of the main streets to go get a latte at seven in the morning, and there were people playing uh-huh. volleyball. And I was oh, like, Oh yeah, hey,
0: volleyball players X. definitely are up early. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I was like. You definitely do not see this where I come from,
0: <laughs> so <laughs> I love it. It's part
1: of what I loved about it. Yeah, well,
0: it's a little but, bit warmer here too. I'm, you know, especially this time of the year, right? So, uh huh.
1: <laughs> have you ever been? Have you ever been to Winnipeg or anywhere near it?
0: Uh, no, I don't believe I've I think the closest I've been is Vancouver, and that's not very close. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's that's definitely they have a they have much nicer weather than we do. Yeah. Uh, the last time, <laughs> the last time I was out there, I met with someone. It was we, we had a, like a speaking event, and I met uh-huh. with somebody for lunch, and she says, "Do you guys need to wear goggles out there? Do you need goggles?" <laughs> and I was like, "No, no, we don't wear goggles <laughs> because it." Doesn't you should have told her.
0: Well, fine. these glasses are multi-purpose. So that's, yeah. you're probably right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's cold, but man, it's not that cold. Only when we're skiing. Anyways. Yes. So I'm I'm celebrating. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I, oh. You know, when we talked a few weeks ago, I was like,
2: mm-hmm. you need
1: to come here. Like, people need to hear this. And I kind of gave an example <laughs> this morning on my live stream of what we were talking about, right? Like how uncomfortable uh-huh. it really is for parents to talk to their kids about money. Yeah. So I want to hear mm-hmm. about your business, like the your six-figure mm-hmm. academy here, but I also mm-hmm. really want to focus on, like, why is it so challenging for us to talk to our kids about money and what are we missing? So mm. before yeah. we focus on that way, I'd love to hear your journey, though. Can you share your journey to okay. where, you know, to getting to where you are now?
0: Sure. You mean as, a, as it relates to money or just in general?
1: You know, in general, because I think that that's, that's a big part of where you are right now, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's all related. <laughs> I mean, I'd say like one or the other is not related to the other. But, um, it, you know, it's, hmm. um, it's fascinating. I grew, I grew up in uh, Silicon Valley, um, I was born in, uh, born in Stanford Hospital when my father was at uh, the University, University of Stanford and um, doing his graduate work. And um, so I grew up in a very academic household where um, money, you know, if you can imagine, my parents came over with almost nothing because they came here for, for school. And <clears throat> to be honest, they actually eloped. And so they didn't get very many blessings from either side of the family to be together. And um, so they, they, they're one of those stories that they literally came over with so much money in their pocket and had to basically um, do what they could. So I was born into practically a household of money anxiety. And um, okay. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, from a very early age, before I even understood and knew what money was, I felt the energy of, Lack and struggle in my in in my home. So growing up, I you know was given um, was basically guided to follow the only footsteps that my parents knew um, to follow, which is the traditional academic path, which is you go to school, you do what you can in the system, and then when you come out, you 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 you. Play within the rules, don't rock the boat, and uh, be mm-hmm. a really good employee and work the system. I think my father is one of the last few people I know that actually went up the corporate ladder got to a place of significant value um, uh, and, and, and actually enjoyed what he did. So he thought that was mm-hmm. the model. And so I was, in a way, corralled into that model. Um, okay. Turns out I was an entrepreneur from a very young age. So I was. Inexplicably rebellious. <laughs> uh-huh. My, uh, my, and uh, it's individual.
2: a normal, I'm
0: sorry, what?
1: I just said an individual, quote unquote.
0: Yeah, an individual, quote unquote. <laughs> <laughs> I, and not like your typical little, little boy, because all young boys are rambunctious, they're wild, they got lots of energy. But, uh, there was, there was a, um, level of conviction in my belief system that for some reason I mean it frustrated to my, my parents to no end that I would continuously disrupt and buck the system. You know. And um, and I I think my first um, quote unquote entrepreneur business was in was in high school. You know, I got I got an opportunity to provide to have a resource I got um, in bulk volume wholesale CDs, you know, when CDs first came out. And I said, both blank and also, uh, what do you call, um, recorded CDs and um, audio CDs and albums and everything. And so it was a big thing. So back then, you know, these were 20 plus dollars, you know, each. And as a high school student, that's, that's a significant amount of money. Well, I was able to get a resource uh-huh. where I could get it for 50% or less off of retail because everything was in bulk, and, um, and because I was so young, the guy said, "Yeah, just come here and you know, and, and get what you want. Uh, you don't need to worry about the bulk rate." So I took advantage of that, and then uh-huh. every recess and lunch, I was selling CDs to my to my friends at school. Uh, created an order form, fulfillment times, all. <laughs> mm
1: mm-hmm. um, You know, and now- yet. Um, I'm just going to throw it in. Like you found, that's what my son was like. He still is like that. I don't like, I've lost (laughs) track of how many businesses he he has or he's had. (laughs) His first was at seven. So, and it's funny too because it's his birthday today, but that's what he did. He had spreadsheets, he kept track of things. He got, after he would build a business, he'd he'd, um, say, okay, I'm done, and then Uh get his brother. To run the business and would buy the supplies, but pay him fifty percent of the proceeds. It it was like All right. you had no choice but to honor it, right? Because it was like this is so cool. Teach me a thing or two. Anyway, uh-huh. go ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's great. It looks like you've got an entrepreneur in the making, or already. You know? <laughs> yeah. You no, know. I
2: know. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, and 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 so unbeknownst to me, I was I was already solving people's problems. <clears throat> And uh, challenges, you know, and, you know, and fast forward, just kept going for a while. But there was a challenge that I had is that um, when my parents started to get wind of it, they kept wondering where all the money went and where the money went, you know. Um, And then they looked around my room and they saw all this stuff. And they (laughs) asked at one point, you know, we, we can see your bank account. How are you getting all these things? And uh, turns out, at an early age, money anxiety was was prevalent even then. Where, you know, I I didn't I wasn't keeping money around. I made money, but I wasn't keeping money around. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, it, you know, it was the it was the precursor to a larger problem that would be uh, more impactful later in life. But at that time, yeah, I didn't have to worry about it. I didn't have much of an overhead. I didn't, you know we the concept of allowance wasn't around in our house. We just when we needed money we just asked for money, and um, um, so there was no education around money. There was no talk about money. Um, my dad was the breadwinner. My mom was a housewife <clears throat> and took care of the home homemaker, which was a job in itself. And mm-hmm. um, but we never talked about money. You know, money was just like a a thing. In fact, I didn't. You know, I barely got. You know, scolded around money. Even is I got scolded more about. You know, um, areas of intimacy and sex and all those different things. And so, over time, I grew up into this world of uh, guessing about how money works or experimenting mm-hmm. in areas of money. Which, if you can imagine, now that if you get a mortgage and you have larger bills to pay and you have um, you know, mouths to feed, what that then translates to in terms of struggle. Right? Um, mm-hmm. Now there's, there's, there's lives at, at stake. <laughs> it's not just, uh, oh, well, if it didn't work, I'll just go home and test you know, and then find some way to finagle money out of my parents. No, it's <laughs> basically, if you don't do what it is to survive in a capitalistic society, which is we utilize money as a currency to acquire the things that we want to do in life or want to have in life or to survive in life, then that becomes a much larger problem. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, I'm there's like, a lot of notes. different stories in between. I'm sorry, what?
1: <laughs> I'm taking notes.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> can you, can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's a lot of stories in between However, the one significant one that stands out in my mind was that it got so bad that I started to question whether or not I knew how to make money, whether I knew how to run a business. And um, what that was, how that showed up ultimately was there was one point where I was um, in the financial industry, had my own practice, and um, what... uh, You know, got a. There was a moment where I looked at my bank account, and after overhead, taxes, um, savings, everything was, you know, divvied out. I still had almost a half million just sitting in my account that I really didn't need to do anything with. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. if you can imagine, this is like triple, quadruple net money just sitting there. And I sat there and I said, huh, that's cool. took a snapshot of it, printed it out, Say, this is cool. It's kind of a nice little benchmark. And about a couple months later, it was all gone.
2: <laughs> wow. Now,
0: if you had asked me back then mm-hmm. what happened, I, my answer would have been quite simply, well, I don't know, because I, I spent it, so I don't know. You know, it was that mm, unconscious, if you will, to a point where I literally could not consciously formulate the words to explain what specifically happened. Now, in retrospect, looking back, knowing what I know now, I said, oh, that was severe money anxiety, you know, and it was a a function of me, it turns out, that because of my childhood and my upbringing, my home, that there was always a fear of getting in trouble when it came to money. Everybody's money anxiety is different. Everybody's money anxiety uh, roots itself from a different type of source. Um, Mine just happened to show up because I got in trouble around money before I even learned about what money was. Okay. That
1: was my next question. um, That was a question I had for you was, you know, money anxiety. What exactly is money anxiety and what type of money anxieties have you experienced
0: yeah, that's a good well, not question. Not so, just,
1: even with your clients.
0: Right. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, great. I, yeah, so money anxiety, it's funny, when I say money anxiety in that order, put money before the anxiety, for some reason people freak out and say, I don't know what that is. Just, what do you mean you don't know what that is? Anxiety around money. Financial anxiety, stress, worry. Do you know what anxiety is? I know what anxiety is. Do you what money is. I know what money is. So why is it when I put mm-hmm. money before anxiety? It's been a fascinating thing I've been observing for these years. It's like anxiety around money doesn't seem to carry as much um, confusion as when I say money anxiety, because for some reason, money isn't supposed to come for anxiety.
2: <laughs> okay. But um, yeah,
0: but yeah so I don't know what, I don't know. I still, I'm still kind of breaking that down with, uh, with my, uh, my research around it, my continuous research around it. But I think, I think it's because people have such an aversion because they know that in their world, when money shows up, anxiety ensues. So when you say money, anxiety, they get thrown into this, like, in that order, money, anxiety, they get thrown into this, this, this uh, world of chaos in that quick moment. So money, anxiety shows up in a variety of different ways. And, and, you know, and what I found is because I have clients that are startups from all the way to multimillionaires that come to me and, and, and because they have money anxiety, so a lot of times when people have money anxiety, they think one of the symptoms of that is that they believe money will resolve their anxiety. Okay. Oh. That simply making more money will resolve their anxiety. If you have that belief system in place, if you believe that money will solve the problems you have in your life, and it's like the catch-all to solving all your problems, that is a symptom of money anxiety. Okay. Money just is the easy scapegoat, the easy culprit.
1: So why do people, like, why couldn't you hang on to money because of your money anxiety?
0: (laughs) For me, personally? Um, Okay. Yeah, Start with me, yeah. Okay, great. So when I was younger... so fast forward from high school. Well, right, before, right, right when I was able to drive and be mobile, my, uh, mm-hmm. my dad decided to give me a credit card. And he said, this is for Ooh. emergencies only. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, okay. Now, that's all he said. He said, this is for emergencies only. do use it for anything else. I said, okay. But he never took the time to really define what is an emergency. Because right? mm-hmm. an emergency in an adult mind perspective is a little bit different than from a young teenager's perspective. Would you agree?
2: hmm <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yep. So here I am walking around with this very cool shiny credit card in my pocket, literally burning a hole. And I was like, this is so mm-hmm. cool. This is so cool. But I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, I'm only going to use it for emergency. I'm not going to use anything else because, you know, okay. Um, then one day I was at my favorite comic store. <laughs> and some new additions, like number one, Spider Man was out and X or Excalibur, which was like a spin off of X Men was out and I sat there and I was, Oh, cool. So I reached into my wallet and back then there was just it's either cash or check. There was no credit card when the kids didn't you know? like, Oh, I don't have any cash on me. I don't have checks. Actually I don't even have money in the bank. But wait a minute, what is this? I have this card. Do you guys take credit cards? no, we don't take credit cards. I'm like, oh, this, this is terrible. So my dad wanted to educate me about the credit card. So do you know what he did? He said, you know, every credit card, when you get a brand new credit card, it comes with all these extra pieces of paper in the envelope where, you know, it gives you like the breakdown of the APR, the, the interest rates, and all those different, you know, various details. That was mm-hmm. my initial education in money. My dad said, read these They came with a credit card. I'm like, oh, uh, okay. But what it doesn't it doesn't it, it wasn't educational material. It basically told you what the card could do, card cap capable of. And one of the things that stood out in my mind was the cash advance component of the yeah. credit card where I can go to any ATM, punch in a pin, and cash or money would magically appear in the drawer below. I said, This is awesome. I know exactly what to do to solve this problem of me wanting this emergency that I have that I must get this before other people buy this edition of comic comic book edition of Spider-Man and Excalibur.
1: <laughs> so
0: I go across funny. the street to the local. <laughs> <Right>.
1: <laughs> I'm just I pull out in the cash mind, like
0: mm-hmm. isn't
1: it like double interest rate when you pull out cash?
0: Oh, it's instantaneous. It's, it's uh, daily. It, it compounds daily. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so,
2: okay. Sorry. And I didn't
0: understand what that meant, you know, because I just got the content. Nobody's ever taught me about money, right? In school, they uh-huh. hadn't gone into that, uh, that area of, at the time, they hadn't gone into the area of talking about compound interest or interest or even the, the detriment of not paying attention to that, right? The consequences. Mm-hmm. So, I go across the street, I go to the bank, I pull out the money, and I said, Okay, great. Oh, this is great. Why pull out just 20? I could pull out 100. So, I pulled out 100, you know. Um, and this is back in the 80s. So, I, think, I didn't really need $100. <laughs> I needed 20, and that would have been plenty to get all the comics that I wanted at the time. So, mm-hmm. I go back, mm-hmm. and I splurge a little bit. You know, I said, You know what? I did such a good job solving this problem, this emergency. I'm going to get a few extra copies. There's two different versions of the Spider-Man. There's a color and a black and white and a gold and a silver edition. I'll buy a bunch of those, get some nice new Mylar bags, put them all in. So I can preserve it and, and, and save it as a quote-unquote investment. Well, <laughs> as, as you would know, by the end of the month, the bill comes. And my father is livid. he knows what it's all about. Okay? And this was his way of teaching me about the consequences of not understanding money instead of, you know, and, and, and bless my father's heart. I mean, it's like he didn't grow up in that environment either. I mean, back, credit cards was, was still a fairly new thing for, for him even. So for mm-hmm. his solution to resolve it was to get upset, uh, to scold me and then mm-hmm. took the card away. And that was it.
2: So his solution so there was, no, was
0: to, yes, yeah, there was no education piece around it. There was no, this is why this happened, this is how this happened. He was upset because there was so much extra money that an interest I needed to pay. And for what purpose did I use the money for? And how is that an emergency? And I said, I don't know, it was an emergency right. because this and that, because my perspective that. And took the money away. So
2: right. that was it. Wow.
0: And my goal was to find a way to f- somehow get that credit card back, or that that was only that was only motivation to, and it wasn't about go understand money better. It wasn't even like a challenge to go until you understand how to better. It's just until you become more responsible. i was more responsible. I don't understand it. So my only concept about money in that moment, and all it takes is a quick right. moment to establish a very hard coded uh, belief system, was that. In order, to, uh, in, in order to stay safe, not get yelled at, and not get in trouble, the translation of him taking away the credit card meant I can't have anything that has to do with money around me needs to be kicked away at a distance. So this is happened years later. When I had the money sitting in the account, I couldn't get it out of my life and my world fast enough because on an unconscious ah. level, I thought I was going to get in trouble any moment now. See they were how much were sense my that
1: makes now? Sorry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a, little well, de- right?
1: There's a little delay. So it's like, it seems like I'm cutting you off, but I'm not.
0: Yeah, I know. Blog Talk rate is like that. I've been a couple of those.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it makes so much sense. Like I was a while back, I started listening to The Secrets of a Millionaire Mind with T. Harv Ecker. And uh-huh. uh, it's something that I, it's, I mean, it's, just a basic read that you need in your toolbox right and he was mm-hmm. talking about the 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 beliefs and your money story and what you grow up believing and the way you just explained your story right there it was like oh mm-hmm. it makes so much sense right it's like yeah. subconsciously you just you need to get rid of the money because you associate a negative emotion with it
0: Yep. Yeah. exactly
1: I love
0: it. Exactly.
1: I and love so what it. So, pa- what, go ahead. Yep. Yeah.
0: Oh, so what parents don't realize, and this is why it's, I'm not saying that it's anybody's fault, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is the biggest challenge because anytime we, we start to attribute blame and fault for why we behave or why our children behave a certain way then that doesn't help solve the problem. In fact, it, it just actually polarizes the circumstances and actually, in some circumstances, actually entrenches the belief system even further and deeper into the unconscious because we are trying to get it out of our conscious mind of, of, of pain and suffering and, and you know, avoidance. We blame mm. When we blame and fault um, certain behaviors in our circumstances, it's not a way to solve the problem. It doesn't solve the problem. In fact, what it does, is alienates and creates a dichotomy within us so that we have a harder time solving that problem.
1: That makes sense. So I have yeah. two questions for you. Uh-huh. What would you, you know, what would your feedback or advice be for somebody who grew up in let's just say poverty or never mm-hmm. having enough money right and what right. they hear growing up is that you know things like money doesn't grow on trees we don't have money for that can't afford that can't afford that don't have money for that that's like constant in your in your mind mm-hmm. like how would how would you what would the anxiety around that be probably never the not,
0: anxiety right? that yeah the per, the prevailing anxiety around that the, the source of that then uh oftentimes that mm-hmm. i've seen when those types of circumstances is lack right okay is the concept of lack there's never enough you know it's the opposite of abundance thinking right mm-hmm. um, there's been a big shift lately which i love seeing which where people are encouraging others to seek abundance in in, in spite of money Okay, seeking abundance and spite of the presence of money so that you can encourage more money to come in. Okay. And, and, and how, that, how that works is, you know, uh, for those who've grown up in that environment okay, um, and having those belief systems, the key is to be able to identify when and where and how you first decided yourself internally to accept those isms those belief systems as truth in your world because here's the thing let's, let's uh... a scenario so let's say a child is growing up okay and it's around that mm-hmm. environment we can't afford it we can't afford it we can't afford it you know if you say you hear that enough times at some point at one singular point it's not like it's, it's not even a buildup at one point you decided in that particular moment that this must be a truth that I need to adopt and incorporate in my model of the world because that is the way it is. Either you associate it with the comfort of home, you associate it with the authority of parenthood or parenting, uh, you associate it with, with something in that moment. And, what I've, mm-hmm. and in our work that we do here at the Six Figure Academy is that we fine-tune that moment in time to identify exactly where the root cause is for that belief system so that we can actually un- untrench it or actually remove it or extract it from the unconscious mind, bring it to the conscious mind, provide a higher level awareness on it, and literally, it's almost as if going back in time, taking what it is. I mean, have you ever wanted to go back in time, knowing what you know now and going back and just kind of like, I'm going to put this knowledge in my like, 12-year-old head so they can make a different decision.
1: Oh, heck yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So now mm-hmm. we 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 can't go back and change the actions, the events that actually happened. However, we can shift our perspective of what actually happened in that moment that created that belief system.
1: I love it. I love it. And so it's totally <laughs> basically what I want to echo here is that Regardless of where your money anxiety is, if you're, if you're experiencing challenges around money, generating it, maybe mm-hmm. you can't hold on to it. Mm-hmm. It's totally doable. It's repairable. You just mm-hmm. you need to know how to do it. But it's totally doable, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. When it comes to money, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But what's going to happen is this what's fascinating is what I love what I do is that because everybody's money anxiety is different. You'd be surprised right. at what kinds of things have shown up. When we take off the, the scapegoat, when we remove the veil of blaming money for certain challenges in our life, that's when we're able to start to unroot the real reasons why we have those challenges in our life. So I've had instances where when we remove money anxiety, PTSD showed up. Uh, when we remove money anxiety, uh, a different type of anxiety and depression showed up. Uh, we removed uh, anxiety and found that there was trauma that was being masked by money. So so this individual was using money to blame to, to kind of assuage the pain of having to deal with the traumas of their youth. And so they used money almost like a, as an addiction or, or their anxiety around money almost as, as as a way to handle or to manage the traumas that they had growing up. Not just around money, but around the home life, around abuse, or all kinds of different things. And it simply just showed up as much anxiety in their work, in their life. So it's almost like a self-deprecating, self-sabotage behavior that mm-hmm. created suffering in their life now, so that didn't have to deal with, or it, so it was in a way perpetuating the trauma that they, they experienced in their youth
1: yeah i also hear distraction
0: oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly
1: so wow, that's, so that's... they
0: so right because you know everybody can relate to you know anxiety and stress around money god like, ah, you know my bills and this and that and then there's company so you get everybody to chime in to 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 join in a lot. And so there's comfort in being able to worry about money with along with everybody else because it's such a common thing, you know, um, when it comes to, you know, talking about money and the challenges of money as being a taboo and type of thing. Um, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago, the university yeah. college of London, they did a study, um, with 15, a survey of 15,000 men and women. And, um, you know, they talked about a variety of different topics Get to kind of see the thresholds of the, these individuals. And they found that over, you know, over, I mean, I mean, a little bit over 20%, no, less than, what is this again? Less than 2% of all the 15,000 people, men and women that were surveyed um, actually had challenges talking about their sex life. On the other hand, they found that more more than 20% more than 20% over 20% refuse to talk about money really refuse to talk about their financial situation refuse to reveal certain or or either refused or felt really really money and it was surprising oh. in that study because then they realized that sex wasn't the last taboo. It was actually money.
1: That's nuts. That's crazy. So if you can imagine... But you know what? Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. I was just going to add. So a few weeks ago, no, couple, maybe about a month ago, mm-hmm. I made a certain amount of money and I told my business coach and I'm totally celebrating and she's like, mm-hmm. let people know. And I, and I experienced that. I was like, no, I can't let people <laughs> know. She's like, why not? And I said, because. I'm like, what if, you know, my existing clients are like, well, why am I paying her? Or, you know, all these fears come up around it. And she's like, no, that's your <laughs> challenge. You get your ass online and you 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 tell people you share the story of you know where you came from and what you're generating it was it was like a 10k month and uh-huh. for me that's a celebration because sure i mean hell yeah it's a celebration i came from poverty right like and and then i was a single homeschooling mom so i generated this income doing what i love and mm-hmm. homeschooling right so i'm like Yeah, so I took the challenge, I went and and I posted it, and there were so so much feedback, so many celebrations around it, and it turned out not to be a negative thing. And at the same time, the reason for sharing it was for inspiration, right? Right. If you want to find out how to do it and you want to begin to implement this information or these techniques, Mm -hmm. processes, whatever, in your life, and you want to reach a 10K month, call me, right? Mm-hmm. I'll show you step right. up how to do it. So that's, that was the purpose for it. But, man, that was scary. Isn't that funny? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, that's, that's a perfect example of a symptom of money anxiety, yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I can totally appreciate it <laughs> because I, ha- I, I, I had to go through that myself. Mm-hmm. you know, I said, no, I'm not there yet. Or the, the, this monkey mind, this money monkey mind shows up. And says, no, it's, yeah. it's not, I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. It's not consistent. What if I don't do it again?
2: Uh, what if,
0: um, what if people, you know, like take advantage of me, you know, what if I get in trouble, you all know, like money is, you know, coming into my life, you know, and, um, and, and it's really interesting because um, when you, when you have that piece come up, I, was, I, I spoke recently at a big, uh, a room full of uh, parents to talk about how to empower their children around money, it's like 200, almost 300 parents in the room. And I did my own little survey just at the University College of London, and I said, how many people here have spoken to children about the birds and bees, aka sex?
2: <clears throat> and it was funny
0: because I turned to the person who invited me. I said, I know I promise not to use talk about sex, but... Here we are. And she's laughing. She It's okay. And then so about half the people raised their hands. I was like, Wow, this is elementary school, and you guys started early. And there must be a reason why. <laughs> and everybody was laughing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I said, Okay, put your hands down. Now, how many of you have had a conversation with your kids to educate them about the concepts and dynamics and behavior of money in our lives? And it was shocking. Not so much to me, but to them, a fraction. You know, it was like a smattering of hands, and not, and they didn't shoot up like they did when I talked about the birds and bees. They just Mm -hmm. kind of slowly raised their hand because they were not sure and everything like that. And of course, I had to make sure that okay, it's like you know, it's not your fault. It's okay. Nobody's getting in trouble. If you want to raise your hand, raise your hand. And but here's the thing: is that I can't blame you for not having that conversation because it's you yourself have trouble talking about money. If you yourself have trouble defining money and what it actually means in your life and how it can be, because at times we want to empower children, right? And they go, yes. And if we can empower ourselves when it comes to money and the motivation around making money is because we want to make sure that we're secure and that we're never without, which are all negative motivators, then how will we possibly feel comfortable sitting down with our children, the love of our lives, and sit there and look them in the face and say, this is how great money is. This is what money mm-hmm. can do for you. This is how money can help, you know, create the dreams in your life. We don't. Yes. So our best, our best way to, to talk about it with our kids is we don't. And we hope that our education, and we hope that the world that they've come across a mentor, they come across somebody that can actually do a better job than they can.
1: So if you could educate kids in the school system around money, Mm -hmm. what would you teach them?
0: It would actually be thrown there with everything else and all the other tools. In other words, there's so much charge around money that we think that it's so different. Than everything else. So why? So I have a question, and it's something that that, that was um, just to kind of like a dovetail off of your question earlier. Is it, sure. why is it that when we say poverty, right? Yeah. We immediately associate that with a lack of money.
1: Uh, not enough of everything. Okay. Right. Obviously, there was enough of
0: something because you're here today and you're alive and you're able to change people's lives. What What would it, What is it that's so powerful to shift our perspective away from what abundance we did have? See, it's 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 fascinating. From an S T N standpoint, when we talk talk about abundance, is that there is abundance all around us. I mean, if you just if you read T. Harv says he's, there's there's there's, no, there's always enough.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: It's a question of who has the bigger shovel to shovel it, right? So, mm-hmm. if we think about that, it's like, okay, there was abundance of something though, because it's not like there was nothing there at all. Because otherwise, how would you have had the wherewithal to make it today? So, one of my clients, I had to talk about this, the same concept and the shift in the perspective was those abundant opportunities of life lessons, which. Has mm-hmm. empowered him today with those perspectives, those learnings, to be to be able to do what he's able to do and change mm-hmm. people's
1: lives. You are good. That's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely believe that, and but I I've never taken it and kind of went way back and related it directly to that poverty, that word, right? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. That, that's really so, impactful.
0: Right. So, so the benefit, I've, I've been, the, what I've been taking advantage, taking advantage of in my life is that I went to school, I went to UCLA for computer science engineering, which is mm-hmm. totally unexpected for most people when they say, wait a minute. You're a coach. You work with people in the human behavior. Yeah. You work with their mind. You're an. En- you went to school for engineering, and for years uh-huh. I struggled with how. How does this even relate? In my, in my even my parents until uh, a few years ago. I was taking a, a, a morning walk with my father, and it hit me. I said, Dad, you know. Do you know I am actually using the concept of engineering today? He goes, How's that? He says. In engineering, we learn how to solve problems. We learn how to identify and deconstruct and reconstruct. We know how to engineer constructs in the world, whether it be physical or virtual, software or hardware, it doesn't matter. And that's what engineering is all about, really. And he goes, mm-hmm. right, and it says, and what this has helped me do is help deconstruct and reconstruct and engineer or reverse engineer challenges that people have in their mind because ultimately that's what engineers do anyway. And with my fascination mm-hmm. with neurolinguistics and language and how people use language to define their lives, mm-hmm. we can re, literally re-engineer our life or what, how, our perspective of the world and our models of the world so that it serves us better. So that it helps us take that step forward in a way that we may not have thought was
1: possible yeah that's a powerful lesson right there the last 10 minutes right right there (laughs) after i asked you like if you could educate kids what would it be on Mm -hmm. the the, just the focus right focusing Mm -hmm. on the abundance of what you have in your life rather than the lack of so right so simple
0: yeah Yeah.
2: Right.
0: Right. So the change and shift for those of us who didn't have that opportunity to be empowered by money growing up and, you know, lived in a world of can't afford it, can't afford it, can't afford it, can't afford it. Right. There is a simple tweak you can start to do to take a baby step, you know, a series of baby steps towards resolving that and shifting your perspective around that, you know. I always say, you know, this is a correction piece that I do in the very beginning of every uh, client coaching relationship that I have, which is, this is, well, I can't afford it. And then I would immediately respond by saying, okay, then when? When do you want it?
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot
0: of times I found that when we shift it that way and have people write it down, setting a deadline for themselves, there are many times where they'll stop and say, actually, I don't really want this. What people end up doing Mm. is, because they're so stuck in that programming, they're actually seeking evidence to continue to support the belief system that they can't afford something with things that they actually don't really want. Mm. Oh, I'd love to have some caviar, but I can't afford it. Have you ever had caviar? No. How do you even know that you like caviar and you want caviar? well, it's a nice thing to have. I said, have you ever tasted caviar? It's a very unique taste. (laughs) They said, you tell me you don't even like sushi and you want to eat caviar? You know what caviar is? Mm -hmm. Caviar is (laughs) raw fish eggs. It's like, oh. But they were using that. This client, this particular client was using that as a way to continue to reaffirm in the world that I can't afford it and didn't matter if it was caviar or a car or anything else didn't matter if they wanted mm-hmm. it or not they just had that as an excuse to say i can't afford it i can't afford it i can't afford it and mm-hmm. our mind plays tricks on us and has us continue to seek evidence and proof even if it doesn't make any sense and that's where a lot of where our energy goes which then and any given day, we have a depletable mm-hmm. amount of energy, takes energy away from where we can actually direct it to be productive beings of this planet. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is such a powerful subject in, in my life and and in mm-hmm. my business that I could spend the entire right. day talking about it and um, I really wish that I booked more time (laughs) we only have like 10 minutes left can you believe it
0: sure yeah you're right I mean me I mean if you can imagine I mean that's what I specialize in I do this all day long
1: (laughs) I know I know so I'm like I wrote down all these questions and I'm like oh gosh I got to cross that one off cross that one off one thing I do want to ask you is Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts and it's it's not so much about the education for children now, but this is a question that I'm curious about. What are your thoughts about multiple streams of income? Uh, as an entrepreneur. I'm sorry.
0: As an as an entrepreneur, right?
1: As an entrepreneur, or just yeah. in general? Absolutely.
0: Okay, so as I primarily work with entrepreneurs. Yeah. I,
1: yeah.
0: Hmm. Um, it's a uh, it's a, it's a critical component of your journey to success. Let me put it that way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There. What about? Yeah. There, it's a-
1: <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll listen. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. Well, I mean, there 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 are very 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 um, important steps on creating it. And the timing is also really important. Having the right metrics of when to layer on each each stream of income. So okay. that's that's the thing where people kind of um, miss the boat on. It's not so much like I want multiple streams of income, but here's the thing: we live in an instant instant uh, like an instant gratification world, and so they all of a sudden decide that because I want multiple streams of income, I should work on all streams of income today, which is where you. Start to uh, sabotage that process. So, um, yeah. So that there's, so there's there's some, uh, there's some asterisks to that statement. It's a critical component, and it needs to be cultivated in a very uh, unique and specific way.
1: I agree. I completely agree. And something that's been coming up in my life a lot lately is. Uh, like di- direct, uh, what is it called? Network marketing.
0: Uh-huh. Do you have
1: any feedback on that as an entrepreneur?
0: Yeah. I think, you know, as Robert Kiyosaki said, I mean, it's just one of the uh, uh, pillars or streams of income that he endorses. Um, network marketing is one of the oldest forms of business. I mean, they modernized it with a variety of comp- compensation packages, but like, you know uh it's it's a a model that works doesn't mean Mm -hmm. it works for everybody and Mm -hmm. i mean it's created a lot of millionaires in this world so um i i don't have anything bad to say about it i i actually think it's a great model Um, it just requires a specific type of mindset i mean it is it is, a, it is a great stepping stone for someone who is looking to transition from an employee mindset into the world of entrepreneurship.
1: Oh, I like that.
0: To make it work, however, you, you mm-hmm. will one of the things that you want to pay attention to is your commitment and diligence to continue to move away from the employee mindset into an entrepreneurial mindset. Okay, wow. because so many people, mm-hmm. because they make it really easy for employees to jump on the wagon, but the reason why a lot of people quit is because they stop transitioning. They think that this is all I need to do, and I just do what people ask. Wow, there's a lot of out-of-box uh, um, effort, thinking, proactivity that you need to continue to cult- cultivate. You'll notice that those that, that, if you were to track the journey know, of a very successful network marketer, You'll see where they are in the beginning of their journey. And you'll see where they are when they're multimillionaires. You'll notice that they're completely different individuals. Their mindsets have changed. Mm. They're, they're, almost, they're almost unrecognizable to the people. That, and it's not because it's a cult or anything like that, what people talk about or say. It's because they made a commitment to evolve and change in mm-hmm. their entire being, entire life, because where they, where they were before would not have been able to support the success that they are enjoying now had they not yep. made that commitment to change. And this is what I love about entrepreneurship is in order for you to succeed as an entrepreneur, to evolve away from being a want entrepreneur to an entrepreneur, you need to be willing to change. You need to be willing to grow because if you do not grow and develop your being, your entire being, your business will not grow. Your business literally reflects you as an entrepreneur in terms of your growth.
1: Yeah. That's powerful. That's powerful. Yeah. And I com—I completely agree with you. And to be completely honest, I was not expecting that response from you. And it's even more powerful <laughs> than what I was expecting. So I'm so glad <laughs> that I asked that
2: question
1: specifically about that.
2: Good. Yeah.
1: yeah so, I get asked that like a lot, said, actually,
2: so.
1: You do. Okay. Well, then there yeah. you go. So... I'm just going to just touch on one more thing. As for the multiple streams of income, I completely agree with you. I'm a certified mm-hmm. life coach. I'm a money, you know, mm-hmm. certified money mindset mentor. And, yep. you know, I've created my pretty much my own invest in yourself university and an empowering kids program. Those are my multiple mm-hmm. streams of income. And then when uh-huh. I generate, you know, um, rental properties, that'll be another one. But, but, so they'll come in time, absolutely. I'd, like, I see what you're saying. It'll, it'll uh-huh. come at the right time and knowing when to incorporate another stream and another stream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so right. that's just my feedback on that. Like, it's absolutely – like, if you went and said, I got to run four businesses because this one business isn't going to make enough and so on, and you tried to do it all at once, You'd Uh like sink the ship. You'd sink the boat right there. Right. It would be yeah. So yeah, I totally get that, and um, it resonates with me. Now, having said that, I loved having you on the show. Like I said a few minutes ago, I wish I booked more Uh time because I could talk to you all day. (laughs) And just for all of you parents out there, educators even, how powerful is it that you can shift and educate? A child around money in a positive way, just by shifting their focus, right? Mm-hmm. Their focus around <clears throat> yes. what abundance they already have in their life, mm-hmm. and create habit of thought out of that. Is there anything? Right. You know what? We didn't even tell people how they can get a hold of you. How can they get a hold of you if they want to work with you? Oh, <laughs> um,
0: I think the best way is to get my free book. Uh, from money anxiety to six figure mastery because one of the things is that the, the the requirements of being able to empower your children around money is to make sure you don't show up or you are you yourself are working on your anxiety around money because otherwise yes. don't want to show up as a hypocrite in front of your children right
1: model success <clears throat> right
0: Exactly. Because kids, they're perceptive. They don't just listen to the words you tell them. They watch your behavior. They observe you when you least expect it. They're watching. They're mm-hmm. calibrating on your energy. And yep. if you are showing up, stress and anxiety, and you're telling them something different, it confuses them, which makes it difficult for them to actually nail down a solid, empowering belief, which means that they'll end yeah. up filling in the blanks with something. To help make that a shaky foundation for them. So, um, so yeah, I think the best way is to, and it's real simple. If you go to uh, the URL, um, go dot the six figure academy, which is the the number six figure academycom um, you can immediately get um, my free book uh, from money anxiety to six figure Mastery, which comes with strategies and tips and. Um, certain type of techniques you can immediately do, real simple, and then uh, also launches you, gives you a five-part e-series which delves deeper into into all of that, you know. Love and it. And then, um, and then you know, if they want to, they can. If they're confused by anything, they can actually schedule a implementation call. I'll get your audience here um, to uh, talk with me one-on-one for you know half an hour, forty-five minutes, or something like that. Where we can talk about the concepts behind the book, the concepts we talked about today, to see how we
1: mm-hmm.
0: can not only help you know the adults of the world, but more importantly, the future of our planet, which is our children.
1: Exactly. Well, I love my guests because they always have amazing gifts for all the listeners. Thank you so much. I'm You're really so welcome. looking forward. I yeah. I would love to have you back in the future just to talk about entrepreneurship. I think that that would be so powerful for all of the entrepreneurs here around us. And um, yeah, I'm totally celebrating this. I have like two pages full of notes (laughs) that I read the show just for me. But I I wish you an amazing day, and I hope you have a a great week. Thank you so much. All right,
0: you too, Tanya. Thank you so much for having
1: me. yeah, take care, and we'll talk soon. Okay. Okay, bye.
0: Bye.
1: Holy smokes, that was a powerful episode today. Just a heads-up reminder, this workshop, registrations are powering in. You don't want to miss your registration. If you register before December 1st, you guys get some free kick ass goodies that are worth over $500. And that is our gift to you. We want to make sure that you get in, stat, let's get the ball rolling, and register your kids. Registration opens for the Empowering Kids Alternative Learning Center and Forest School mid January. So keep that in the back burner. And until next week's show, I love you guys so much. Take care and have an amazing day. Bye.